This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Big City, Ty Butler taking you until 9.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Ty D. Butler. Hit the gram as well, Ty D. Butler. And the phone lines is where we can get it popping. 800-919-3776. And boy, what a sports weekend. So much going on. October's fun because... Everything's all happening at once. We'll talk about the baseball playoffs that all of a sudden, you know, in one day got interesting. It was devoid of drama. It was boring, putting us all to sleep. But yesterday, you know, Altuve with some fireworks in the ninth inning. Astros win three straight. They're up 3-2 and one win away from reaching their fifth World Series in the last seven years. It's amazing. It's incredible and also nauseating. But we'll talk about that. And also, you know, the, the bench is clearing with uh, Adolis Garcia and his shenanigans. We'll get into that. Arizona last night snatching victory from jaw, uh, the jaws of defeat, winning that game, evening the series. Game five tonight, Phillies Diamondbacks. Then, of course, you have the NBA season right around the corner. Tuesday, I'm pumped. My Lakers in Denver. We'll watch uh, the banner get hung. Jokic is going to get his ring. But the Lakers will end up winning that game. And then in the second half of that doubleheader on TNT, you've got Kevin Durant making his, I guess, official return to the Bay Area because the last, you know, the only time he's played there, there were no fans. But that should be a fun one between uh, two contenders in the West, the Suns and the Warriors. And, of course, it's Week 7 in the NFL. And there are some stinkers on this schedule. Raiders, Bears, backup quarterbacks going at it. Browns Colts could be sneaky good. Bills Patriots, anytime you see a, a bad New England team ready for another loss, that is very tasty. Falcons Bucks, excited about that one. Lions Ravens is sexy too. And then, of course, in addition to all the other games, Chargers Chiefs, you got the Sunday night affair between the Dolphins and the Eagles. And as a Jet fan, got my uh, Philadelphia Eagle sweatshirt on, rooting hard for Miami to lose this game. And then, you know, Giants, Commanders, let's start there. I I just don't know how to feel about how Giants fans should be rooting in this game. Because is a win the best thing for this team? You're 1-5. in five. The season, for all intents and purposes, is over as far as, like, your playoff expectations. Got a kick out of my guy Pat O'Keefe trying to uh, – you know, get the Giant fans to start believing, driving in, listening to his show. He did a great job. But, you know, he's doing this. If they win tomorrow and beat the Jets, all of a sudden they're 3-5. and five. Don't count them out just yet. Ah, come on, Pat. The Giants stink. They played, they played the Bills tough last week, and I'm still trying to figure out whether or not that was just the Buffalo. You know, we've watched them with Josh Allen become a roller coaster. Well, they'll have the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. They'll let teams hang around. Like we saw week one, they should have beaten the Jets and somehow found a way to lose that game. So I don't know if that was more about Buffalo or about the Giants actually figuring something out and playing well. But I just don't see any way the Giants win tomorrow, win next week, and all of a sudden they're back in playoff contention. But if you're a Giants fan, like, is that what you're rooting for? Because, I mean, let's keep it up. Let, let, let's be honest. The commanders aren't good. 
Their wins this year have come against the Cardinals, the Broncos, and the Falcons. And Atlanta can win that division. It's a it's a bad South division in the NFC. But Desmond Ritter, you watched that game against the Commanders last week, was the gift that kept on giving. He's throwing interceptions left and right. So they cut away to Arthur Smith on that final interception he threw that that lost him the game, where he's you know has both of his hands covering his face. So uh, Washington. Yes, they're 3-3, three and three, but they're not impressive. We saw them get embarrassed by Chicago on Thursday night before they tried to make it a game in the second half. And, and, and the Giants have pretty much owned this team of late. Last year, their only win in the division came against the Commanders. And then you look back over the last five-plus seasons, the Giants, 9-22-1 against the NFC East, including the postseason. Six of those, of those nine wins have come against Washington. We know the Cowboys have owned them since Dak took over as the starting quarterback in 2016. They can't beat the Eagles. So the brunt of their wins in this division, you know, has come against the lowly Washington Commanders. And you know, it doesn't look like Daniel Jones is going to play. The The report is it's a long shot. But, you know, it, it's, it's something you're missing, obviously, because Jones in his career has had success against this Washington team. I just don't know that if you're a Giants fan out there, like, it's, it's hard because— like, naturally, you don't root against your team winning games. I, I remember the year prior to, you know, the uh, Trevor the Trevor Lawrence draft, where, you know, the, the Jets ended up getting Zach Wilson. It's like, tank for Trevor, tank for Trevor. And then prior to that, it was tank for Sam. It's it's unnatural for me to, to watch a game with my team rooting for them to lose. Like, that's just not instinctual. So I'm not saying Giants fans should be rooting for that. But big picture, you wonder if this is getting you further away from what would be optimal, and that is attaining the highest level draft pick as possible. Cashing in on what is a miserable season. Because they're not going anywhere. Even if they win this game against the Commanders tomorrow, and they improve to 2-5, and five, so now both of your victories are against Arizona, one of the worst teams in football, and the commanders who you've owned. Is that anything to feel good about? I guess you don't want to be historically bad to the point where you're in danger of losing your locker room, and now we're calling Brian Dable's football acumen into question, which I thought was a little bit premature You know, all across the station. Uh, that was a conversation a couple weeks ago, but I just don't know that winning is the best thing for the Giants. I will say this. You watch that matchup against the Bills. And again, I don't know if that was more of a Buffalo thing or or the Giants playing well. That was the type of game that if the Giants had been losing all season long, you don't feel as badly as you do now. This was a competitive game against a team that was favored by 15 at home, coming off of a loss to Jacksonville. So you figured Buffalo would have that extra level of motivation and it's never too early to look at the playoff picture, right? Like that first round buy is ideal, and you don't want to start stockpiling losses, especially when you see the Chiefs have won five straight games. You just lost to the Jags. You've already lost to the Jets. I thought the the, the Bills were going to come out cooking, but the Giants were one yard away from winning that game, and a, a, a defensive pass interference call that should have been made. And maybe the Giants do find a way to win that game. But you come away from that after watching this team 
be outscored 94 to 15 in primetime. You saw the Bills, as far as turnover uh, differential, plus six, the Giants minus five coming into that game. So you thought, all right, this has all the makings of being a a bloodbath. Guess who was the best team in the league at corralling sacks? That was Buffalo. Guess who was the worst team when it came to preventing sacks? That was the Giants. So this was, in every way, a terrible matchup. And somehow, once again, you were one yard away from winning it. So if this is the type of game you had been losing, like one in five is tough to swallow, you know, any way you slice it. But if we had seen the Giants every single week come out, play competitively, they're firing on all cylinders, and they're just barely losing games just because like the competition is just far too superior for them to overcome, you feel better about your situation. But now it's like that game was kind of a kick in the the lower area just because you're like, yo, if we had shown up and played like this the first five weeks of the season, we could be having a different conversation right now. Bobby Okereke, by the way, looked awesome. I mean, he was everywhere and showed you just why you were excited about this signing and and how it could be, uh, you know, game-changing as far as what your defense could become. You saw the Giants last year was middle of the road defensively, couldn't stop the run. But you felt better adding a guy like that. And last week, he showed you just why. Saquon returns and started slowly, but had a couple of nice runs in that fourth quarter. Maybe should have gotten the game-winning touchdown if the, the DPI is called and they, they go to a running play to Saquon. But, you know, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say that that felt like a win or you should feel like it's a moral victory. But, but for at least one night, it didn't feel embarrassing to be a Giants fan. And tomorrow, you play a winnable game against a commander's team at home. Washington favored by three in MetLife Stadium. Feels a tad bit disrespectful. But then you look, big picture, the Giants, and, and this is what has to frustrate you as a fan. They started 6-1 and one last year. Since then, they've played 18 games. They've won five of them. They've beaten the Texans, the Commanders, the Colts, the Vikings in the playoffs, and then the Cardinals. So it's been quite a long time since we've seen the Giants beat a legitimately good team, which is why you start to feel like, you know, was last year an aberration? Things just went our way. We we were in a ton ton of one-score games. We played the AFC South. That was a bad division. Now we're playing the AFC East. Pretty good division. So you start to look at last year differently. You start to look at it through the lens of, You know, maybe, just maybe, that was more good fortune than it was our coaches, one of the best in football. Uh, We've got an excellent roster. We feel great about uh, the direction of this team. That's just how you have to look at it. But, again, I come back to if the goal is to put yourself in best position to, you know, make that transition to the Giants being back in the playoffs— is winning games the rest of the way getting you closer to that? Because I'll tell you this, if the Giants are in a position to draft the quarterback in this upcoming draft, they're taking that guy. And then you give Brian Dable an opportunity as an offensive guru, as someone who specializes you know, in that side of, uh, on that side of the ball, you give him the opportunity to, to groom a young quarterback. Because we keep coming back to this, well, how good can Daniel Jones be? And I get that there are, you know, a litany of, of 
of unfortunate circumstances that are plaguing him, that are working against him taking that next jump, like the offensive line clearly being atrocious. But and by the way, shout out Justin Pugh off the couch being able to come in there last week and you know play tackle and actually not 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 do terribly. He did pretty well. But when you look at you know everything around this Giants team and you know they're not Daniel Jones isn't in 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 a great spot to succeed. I keep coming back to, yo, it's year five for Daniel Jones. Like, at what point do we just face the music that this is just who he is? And maybe he's not as bad as he's looked this season. But if there is an expectation, like, it's so funny. I was listening to my guy Dave, you know, before the season. DPH on Rothenberg, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. every morning. And he's begging the question, like, could Daniel Jones become the second-best quarterback in the NFC? That was just six weeks ago. And today we're talking about possibly an exit strategy, getting another quarterback. We keep asking, is he the guy? Like, you know, We keep making quote-unquote excuses. At some point, man, it's year five. Have we seen flashes? Sure. But if the best evidence we have to support this, you know, upward trajectory is his rookie season five years ago, then doesn't that kind of tell you something? Maybe he ain't it. And again, like when we list all the problems that have bedeviled the Giants and, you know, what's going wrong for them this year, we create a pie chart of, you know, most to blame. Is Daniel Jones taking up the biggest piece? Absolutely not. But as you move to the future and you look at all the ways that this team, you know, has to correct itself, you start to wonder. Maybe it's best we move on from him. And a giant smartfully, you know, created a, con- a contract that was conducive to them being able to get out of it quickly. At the end of next year, they can just can him. But... It's not easy finding them. That's the thing. Like, we like to pretend, oh, you know, kick Daniel Jones to the curb, go get your next quarterback. You got to be in position to do that. And I'm a Jet fan. I know that, how hard uh, that position has been to come by. So, winning games the rest of the way at the moment can satiate a hungry fan base that is so sick and tired of watching pathetic football week to week to week. But long-term, is it in your best interest to win these games? I would say the answer to that question is no. 800-919-3776. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from the Giants fans as we, you know, get closer to this game. It's one you should win. It's one that historically you have won. Again, I just don't know if it's the best option. We'll get to the Jets, of course, who are on a bye. And I got to be honest, I don't love it. Especially coming off that game last week, the thriller that was beating the Eagles for the first time ever. First time they played this team was 50 years ago. They were 0-12 all time. Jalen Hurts, 12-0 in September and October, the last two seasons. And then took his first loss because of that interception he threw last week. That was, I mean, that was one of the, my the, the best wins that this Jets team has had in a long time and clearly, without question, the best win of Robert Sala's career. 
So uh, having that bye, halt the momentum, yes, it's good. Get healthy. They're dealing with some injuries, Sauce and, and Reed. But, man, the, the fan in me would be itching right now to watch this team in action tomorrow. So we'll get to the Jets. And, of course, again, basketball season right around the corner. I'm very high on the Knicks this year. Can't wait to talk about that. Justin Termini, Sirius XM NBA Radio, is going to join us at 730. We've got Ariel Epstein, uh, sports betting gambling expert. She is an analyst for Points Bet USA. She does MLB Network, NBA TV. So we'll get some plays from her. Play in or out with Chantel and Julian. So still a whole lot to do as we progress toward 930. Ty Butler taking you for the next three-plus hours right here at 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Taking your calls on the Giants. Let's start with my guys. It's been a while. Chris and Beth Page. What's up, Chris? How you doing, man? Hey, Ty, good. Uh, many blessings to Nolan Maverick, too, buddy. Appreciate no, you, bro. Same here, man. And, and likewise. Likewise to you and yours. Okay. Now, Ty, just a couple things. You know, I'm a big Giant fan. And I actually went up to the game last week. I went up to the Buffalo game. And uh, it's very interesting. I will say this. You know, it's funny. Fans are, it's amazing the way fans are. Guess who they're down on up there, you know, as Bills fans? They're down on their quarterback. You know, I don't know if you know that. They, they don't trust them. So it's, it's kind of funny sitting there and talking to Bills fans, and you would think, you know, they got a top-five quarterback in the league, but still they have problems with their quarterback. So all I'm saying is I think outside of Kansas City, just about every home fan base has some sort of problem with their quarterback. I, I just thought I'd throw that out there, Keith. Uh, Cincinnati feels one. pretty good about Joe Barrow uh, if, if his cap okay. is okay. I think the Josh Allen, th- you, Chris, the Josh Allen thing is strictly because we've seen him like unnecessarily take chances that result in just like backbreaking interceptions and turnovers. Like since he's come into the no, league, no. I think it's him and Dak who lead the league in turnovers. So that's what it is with, with Bills fans and why they're frustrated, you know, despite having a top right. five quarterback. But you know, to you and me, man, <laughs> we would give our liver oh, to, to have Josh I, Allen quarterback I, our teams. Ty, that's what I'm telling him. I'm up there with my giant gear on. I'm like, dude, <laughs> what are you talking to? I mean, come on, stop, stop already. I go, I, you have rich man's problems, all right? Yeah, I hear so, that, man. Uh, that's that 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 is very like you. You don't want to. You don't want to listen to that as you're watching your team start its backup quarterback, Tyrod Taylor. I know, I know. It was brutal, but that's okay. But anyhow, Ty, the, the reason I called is, you know, it's funny. You and I are 30 years apart. I'm 60, but uh, we really think a lot alike. And you know, being a big Giant fan, you really hit upon. I mean, I'm a big Giant fan, and and uh, you're so right. I'm at the point now where. I tell you, a win, winning going forward is, is not good to the franchise overall. I mean, really, it's the best-case scenario. I really mean is if the Giants end up like 4-13, and 13, you know, get a top-10 pick, and what I would do is there's going to be definitely a good quarterback, obviously, to take. If, if yeah. they pick 5 or 6 overall, mm-hmm. it's going to be a good quarterback. You take that quarterback. You let Dable develop him. You know, you got to pay Jones for next year, that's for sure. But then you basically go out there and you just – Try to develop this guy, and there'll be no more excuses for Dable and Chain. They finally have all their players. They didn't draft Daniel Jones. And, you know, if just say by some miracle the Giants have an unbelievable year next year with Daniel Jones, then I call that a good problem. You'll have a, a, a top quarterback that you've developed that's behind Daniel Jones, 
and you'll have Daniel Jones. Maybe you could trade him somewhere for a draft pick or something, but that's what I would do. And I think the Giants middling and going seven and ten or six and eleven or whatever is is not the way to go. I'm I'm really hoping. I know it sounds crazy, but four and thirteen, you know, and really they have the capabilities of going four and thirteen. Yeah, so, they do. They, uh, they're not going to have to try hard to do that. And, and right. I appreciate the call, Chris. You look at this schedule. There are some games we know for a fact you're not winning, right? Like you're not beating the Cowboys. You're not beating the Eagles. And I actually think, like, you're, before the season, Giant fans are like, well, you know, maybe the Eagles are locked up into whatever seed they are, uh, so that Week 18 game doesn't matter. With the Niners having just lost, the Cowboys lost a couple games, looks like it's going to be, you know, bunched up at that top. And since you only get one uh, bye, and it comes courtesy of that one seed, you feel like this is going to... You know, you know, take its course and run its course through it for the rest of the season. But there are some wins that can be had. Like tomorrow, you can beat the Commanders. I'm a Jet fan. I, I, as high as I am on my team right now, I think they're a playoff team. But I'm not going to say it's impossible for the Giants to win that game. The Raiders, you know, Jimmy G's out tomorrow. He's got the back injury, so they're going to be starting Brian Hoyer. Uh, Patriots stink. You play the Commanders again. You've got the Saints. We just watched how awful their offense is this past Thursday night. The Packers, Jordan Love, doesn't inspire any confidence. So there are some some wins to be had Like if you continue to play the way that they did last Sunday. Now, quite frankly, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's more of an aberration. I would attribute that more to Buffalo looking at the Giants not as like superior competition, so playing down to them. And we have seen again Buffalo with Josh Allen has those like roller coaster type moments where they'll they'll beat a team like Kansas City, they'll beat Cincinnati, but then lose Week One to the Jets with no Aaron Rodgers. So like that's been a thing that they've done. Uh, but it, I, I'm with I'm with Chris, man. Like the best thing for this team to do, and I, I get in in real time in the moment, it's gonna hurt. You don't want to see them continue to pile up losses. But you go out there, position yourself to get a quarterback, a Caleb Williams, a Drake Mame, Shador Sanders. Uh, I, I think they should be all in on trading Saquon, especially if you can get like a, a two or a three. You had no intention of paying him. You don't feel you feel stronger in your conviction about not paying him after watching him miss more games this year. He's not going to get older and healthier. So if you can find a way to parlay that into a high pick, like a second or a third then that helps you build uh, for the future. It's on Joe Shane, too, to build this offensive line, man. Like, same thing with the Jets. How long do we have to continue to talk about the offensive lines being putrid? Get it together. And you look all all across the sport, there's not, like, great offensive line in a lot of places, but serviceable enough where we're not asking a guy to literally hop off his couch and come, come play for you. And now Justin Pugh, he's signed a contract, so he's going to continue to play for the Giants. But, yes, he's got to build that. And I would also be excited if I'm a Giants fan and I get that, you know, you don't feel as high on on Brian Dable as you did at the end of last season. Because, again, you started 6-1. and one, Since then, you've gone 5-13. and 13. So you're, you're, you still think he's really good, but there's certainly some questions uh, that have emerged since then. But I would be excited about the prospect, about the potential of him getting a young quarterback and building him up, developing him the way he did Josh Allen. That would be that would be fun to me. Instead of, you know, hoping on a prayer that Daniel Jones, after five years in the league, who we still have question marks about, 
is going to be all all of a sudden able to take that next step. I don't think it's going to happen. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Bryant in Milburn. What's up, Bryant? Hey, what's going on? I have um, a big problem with the things you're saying. Oh, I love it. You're right about everything. No, no, no. We're not right about where Daniel's at right now as far as where he at now. He's messed up in the game. and His neck is not right, whatever. But I, I feel that the organization let him down. How'd they do it? I'm pretty but, Huh? How'd they let him down? Let me hear. Because they never they, they kept switching coaches, kept switching offensive uh, offensive mind, offensive uh, coordinators. Yeah, they let him down. Even the owner said it. So I don't know if he ever had the talent to outplay his circumstances. I don't know that, or he ever scouted that way. But I think they did him wrong. So uh, so no so Brian that that's fair like. So to start his career, certainly, when you got all these different head coaches and coordinators and there's a lack of stability, that's going to affect a guy who, quite frankly, like we were all questioning, you know, whether or not he should have been taken to begin with. But they take him. Exactly. They don't necessarily give him, you know, a, 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 I would say an atmosphere or an environment that is conducive to him thriving, which they corrected last year by bringing in Kafka, bringing in Dable. And now you've got Saquon, and you were supposed to this year have better weapons with Hyatt and with Waller, and then you know Wandale Robinson, like all these guys were, were supposed to help contribute. Problem is the offensive line is not that good. So I don't necessarily disagree with you, Brian. All I'm saying is, at some point that clock runs out, and when you're in position yeah. to 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 move on to get your next guy, like you've got to strike. You can't keep holding out hope that he's going to turn it around because two things can be true. It's absolutely on the table that he could have been way better than he is had the circumstances been better, but also that that we've now run out of time to tap into that potential. Feel me? I know it's really sad. You're right. You hit it exactly right. You hit everything I was thinking of. But it's it's really sad because they never built an offensive line. And I want to say something to you as a Jet fan. Thank you. I'm a Forty Nine fan. Thank you so much for that win. <laughs> I didn't yell like that. I didn't yell like that since Steve Young and the 49ers beat them hated Cowboys at Candlestick in 94. I yelled to the top of my lungs that day when he caught the interception. Thank you so Shout much. Shout out Jeff. Tony Adams. You, By Brian. the way, Bryant, man, you got, your team's dealing with some injuries right now. Debo's going to miss a few games. He's dealing with a hairline fracture in his shoulder. Looks like McCaffrey's got, got some issues. He, uh, he practiced, but he was limited. He's questionable for Monday night with an oblique injury. You know, he's no stranger to injury. So, yo, your boy's got to get healthy. I'm rooting for you, but your boy's got to get healthy. You know, listen, listen. Trent might can go. Debo might just sit down. Ah, Christian McCaffrey, I believe, and Brock Birdie enough with that offense and that scheming from Kyle Shanahan that we could get it done with that defense. All we got to do is do like, how y'all doing with the Jets? Yeah. Hold on a little bit. Hold on till they get healthy. Let them heal up, and we'll be okay. And you should have won that. You should have won that game last Sunday. So I appreciate the call, Brian. And you've got a easy one against uh, Steve Brzezinski's fraudulent Vikings on uh, Monday night. And the reason why I bring up Steve is because he tweeted at me just now. Hit me on Twitter at Ty D Butler. He said, "Crazy to see Vikings. Uh, see the Vikings have a record." Uh, I guess he meant to say better than the Giants after I was told the G-Men were the better team. Here's the one thing that if I'm a Giant fan, I ain't trying to hear right now. Smack talk from Vikings fans. You remember a couple months ago when y'all were riding into to, to the playoffs, which is your cute little 13 wins, and my fan base, if I'm a Giant fan, was, was asking for that matchup. We wanted that smoke. We got that smoke, and then we sent y'all home. 
Yeah, if I'm a Giant fan, the last thing I want to do is hear from Viking fans right now. Y'all fraudulent. You know what? It's 800-919-3776. We'll get back to your phone calls. And also, got to touch on basketball, baseball playoffs as well. Justin Termini an hour from now. Ariel Epstein two hours from now. So still a whole lot to do as we march toward the finish line, leading you into coverage of the Rangers and the Kraken right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. We're going until 930. Uh, Adam Schefter just dropped this. Before we get back to the phone calls, 800-919-3776. For any team that wondered or hoped the Raiders won't be trading all-pro wide receiver Devontae Adams before the trade deadline on Halloween. So, I mean, the Jet fan in me was was thinking about this, right? Like Because this team clearly is a receiver short. You love Garrett Wilson. Randall Cobb has given you nothing. Like, I understand he adds the leadership uh, aspect to it, but he's he's not blocking. He's not catching. He caught the two-point conversion last week, but outside of that, he's not really doing much for you. Uh, Alan uh, Al Lazard feels like more, more suited for like a wide receiver three. You know, Zach loves the tight ends that he throws to Brees Hall, but you just need another weapon. Uh, but it looks like Devontae Adams is going to stay put in Las Vegas with the Raiders to the Jets. We'll see three weeks from now. He also reporting that Deshaun, Was- uh, Deshaun Watson, who is listed as questionable uh, for tomorrow's game, is tracking to play against the Colts. We did see, who was it, P.J. Walker go out there and beat the Niners last week. Niners dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, Trent Williams listed as doubtful, his ankle. Christian McCaffrey, oblique injury, and Debo Samuel is going to be out a couple weeks with a hairline fracture in his shoulder. So we're seeing the injury bug start to hit some of these teams here. And, you know, the Niners doesn't look like it's going to be all that serious because these guys are going to come back. But uh, last week we saw Darius Slade, Jalen Carter not play for the Eagles. Cowboys without, you know, digs for the season. That's, that is significant. Bills losing Milano and Tredavious White for the year. That hurts their defense. So the injuries are piling up. Before we get back to the phone calls, I want to mention this on the Jets. Man, I, I'm i pumped. I'm excited. I'm watching that game, and I'm thinking to myself, I've seen this game a million times. They lose it every single time. You don't even have to go back that far. Last year, the Jets lost five games holding their opponents to 20 points or fewer. I watched that over and over. The defense do its thing and ball out. And in that second half, they completely shut down the Eagles. Shut them down. Jalen Hurts, second in the MVP last year. Could do nothing against that defense. The Jets, without Reed, without Gardner, were lights out. Down their two best corners against a high-octane, potent Eagles offense with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Arguably the best duo wide receiver in the NFL. You know, Miami's got an argument for that, too, with Waddle and Hill, but they're, they're right up there. Higgins and Chase, they're right up there. So for that defense to do what it did, come up with play after play after play, and the offense do just enough to win that game, it was by far the biggest win for Robert Sala in his head coaching tenure. By far, not even close. And one of the biggest wins I've seen from this team in quite a long time, which is why 
it, you love to buy because you get to watch some of these guys heal from injuries. You take a week off, relax, decompress. That was a, a brutal slate, but the Jets managed to do something that has me, you know, thirsting for them to be playing tomorrow. I I, I was in stopping shop today wearing my Jets sweatshirt. Someone pulled up to me and was like, oh, how about them Jets? And I did a double take. I, I'm like, when's the last time you were a Jet fan and someone, like, not being sarcastic, went up to you and was like, how about those Jets? They managed to do something that would have been uh, would have been deemed a success had Rodgers not gotten hurt, and that's withstand the storm that was the first six weeks of this season. They are 3-3. Three and three. The one game you want to punt to the moon, even over the blowout to Dallas, is the, the home loss to the Patriots because, boy, I mean, that team is dreadful. If, I mean, it feels like they haven't scored an offensive touchdown in like 10 years. Mac Jones has consecutive games of pick sixes. No touchdown passes. How do you lose to that team? They're embarrassing. That's the one game right now that you just want to... Like, if they finish one win short of making the playoffs, once again, because they lost to New England, that's just going to haunt you forever. But, I mean, the defense is as great as advertised. Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts are, what, three of the five best quarterbacks in football? All three of them had their worst game of the season come against this Jets team. A Jets team that is allowing opponents to 20 points per game. And considering they've played Buffalo, Dallas, Philadelphia, Kansas City, that's pretty remarkable. And then you even go back to that Dallas game, and this is not to put lipstick on a pig, but the defense certainly didn't show up, especially when Dak on the opening drive of that game marches them down the field for a touchdown, you know, aided by some penalties, but... You know, having four turnovers on offense put the defense at a disadvantage. And that's the one thing that I've enjoyed watching this team the last couple of games. When you get your quarterback to stop turning the ball over, your defense plays better. You have to be better on third down. The Jets, 25%, the worst mark in the NFL. You have to be better in the red zone because they're kicking field goals. You got to be able to sustain longer drives. But I do see some progress being made, which is why I think this is a playoff team. This is a playoff team. I think the defense is better than it was last year. I think Zach Wilson's better than he was last year. Now, is it significant enough for me to, like, people a couple weeks ago were like, well, what if Zach gets them to the playoffs and he's playing well and Rodgers comes back? Do you, do you let Rodgers sit on the bench? What the hell are y'all talking about? Cut it out. He had, the, the improvement hasn't been significant, and even if it's significant, if Rodgers does miraculously come back, he's starting for the Jets. But he's gotten better. He's cut down on the turnovers. He doesn't look lost out there. The team actually looks functional on offense. Alan Lazard just killed up that drive for them with the block and then the drop. So uh, I, I think one of the issues for this team is that, particularly in, in, in the red zone, they're shooting themselves in the foot because they become so predictable on first down where they're giving it to Brees Hall, who's a weapon. He's a home run hitter, so why would you not give it to him? But teams are now loading up, so they stop him three yards short of the line of scrimmage, and now you're second and 13. Or first play is a penalty, now it's first and 15. And you, you get yourself in obvious passing situations. There's little to no creativity, and that's how this team kicks field goal after field goal. 
But I've been very impressed, man. I love what I'm seeing from them. And look, ESPN FPI gives them a 21% chance to make the playoffs. They're 3-3. Three and three. Games against the Giants, the Chargers, and the Raiders coming up. All three are winnable before you play tough games against the Bills and the Dolphins. I think they're I think they're gonna make the playoffs. And I would go as so far as to say if they don't make the playoffs at this point, that's a massive disappointment. That is a disappointment. Because yes, at some point you're gonna need more from Zach. They're a bottom tier offensive team that has shown improvement, but in this league you're drawing dead. If you if what you've gotten from him so far continues and it doesn't get better, you're 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 drawing dead. And I'm tired of hearing about, you know, Mark Sanchez, all the comparisons to him. The league has changed, man. That was 13 years ago. It's become more pass-heavy. It's become more geared to offense putting up numbers. You can't touch the quarterback. You can't touch receivers. So with all these penalties, all these creative packages, all these mobile quarterbacks, and the weapons galore that you have, where you know you're not it's not ground and pound anymore winning you football games it's high octane offense it's a there's a reason why every year when you list the contenders is oh the chiefs they have Mahomes the bills they have Allen the eagles they have hurts now the niners are a little bit different just because Kyle Shanahan can take Chantel and, and make him look like uh make her look like he uh she's worthy of w- winning super bowl mvp but you need your offense to, to be better than it is. And Zach has to continue to show improvement. But it is amazing that we've gone from where we were once Rodgers went down in that Monday night game against the Bills and the end of that New England game where I was walking out. I was pissed off, man. Rain falling down on me. I was highly annoyed, ready to just punt this team to the moon. We've gone from where we were back then to this team, I think, actually making the playoffs. And I do think that they need another weapon. They could very well use Corey Davis if you can somehow convince him to come out of retirement. Uh, but this team's going to the playoffs, I think. 800-919-3776. We'll get back to your phone calls when we return. Uh, someone's calling me a hack, so I'm excited to talk to uh, Lonnie in Harlem. We'll transition to basketball. Knicks. I'm very high on this team. Very, very high on this team. We'll talk about that in the 7 o'clock hour. Ty Butler going to a 930 right here on 9870 ESPN.